Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's a it's an investment, right? To get to get your town up and running. They show you a screen with like four different layouts of your town and I just like I froze, right? I was like when you stand in the grocery store looking at the cereal aisle, or at least the way it used to be, right? Where it's like all the cereals were on the shelf and you had to like choose one and you're paralyzed by choice. Welcome to Rated NA, the podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. This is episode, surprisingly, episode number 350, and uh, I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Scott. And I'm Ash. Do you think we're coming to you from our collective bunkers? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, are people joining us for the first time? It's been so long since we've all done a show together. It's been Uh, a really long time. It's been a very long time, yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, 350, what are you talking about? I sometimes like, you know... Uh, podcasting is pretty hot in the comedy world so a lot of improvisers will be like hey do you want to do a podcast i'm always (laughs) like yeah sure whatever and one of them was talking to me and they're like do you know anything about podcasts and i was like oh yeah i've I've had one for a little while and they're like they're like really i'm like yeah they're like how many like what have you done and i was like oh we're on like episode 300 and something (laughs) and they're like what the hell (laughs) i've been doing it for 10 years (laughs) seriously i don't know we just keep going that's right and so so I've been watching, you know, some of the late night programs uh, this week, yeah. and it's funny because they're doing what what we are doing every day, <laughs> you know, like yeah, every yeah. week, right? <laughs> yeah. So like, oh, they're like, I'm in my house, like I'm recording, there are people around, and I'm like, yeah, like that, yeah, exactly. Welcome exactly, to our yeah. world, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. saw a thing yeah. today, actually, a tweet that was like, all these late night talk show hosts really need to learn a lot from the podcasters and the Twitch streamers out there about how to make better sounding and better looking <laughs> yeah. content from their living rooms. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, you guys got to invest a few grand <laughs> get a good microphone for fuck's sake. I know. Next time Seth Myers is going to be like a potato with like a beach background <laughs> behind him. Yeah. I, I loved, I loved his whole commentary because he's literally doing his show from the garage because his kids are too loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like i totally get it i totally john understand. oliver's apparently like his kids sleep on the other side of the wall that he's recording from or they're like watching tv or something he did yeah. a whole thing with colbert where he talked about what his recording setup is and it's literally like him in a room that he whitewalled a wall and then has like his kids are on the other side of the wall because they're all in new york like yeah is seth myers have a garage he lives in manhattan he might not oh, i he's... think he's just recording in his library oh, maybe maybe yeah like in his extra room yeah <laughs> John John like, Oliver said his kids are watching Octonauts with the volume up so that he can yeah. swear loudly into the microphone. <laughs> Octonauts is the jam. Good show. It is. It really is. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about what's going to be on the show, Scott. You haven't done a rundown in like three years. Let's hear it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, well, I think we're probably going to talk a lot about being uh, on lockdown. Yeah. And uh, probably talk about what we've been doing and what we've been playing. So uh, I'm assuming there's going to be some Animal Crossing talk. And uh, I know we haven't started. It's really bad. It's not my fault. It's not. It's not. My, it is my fault that we haven't started. <laughs> not have to set it up. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's a it's an investment, right? To get to get your town up and running. They show you a screen with like four different layouts of your town, and I just like I froze, right? I was like, when you stand in the grocery store looking at the cereal aisle, or at least the way it used to be, right? Where it's like all the cereals <laughs> were on the shelf, and you had to like choose one, and you're paralyzed by choice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Remember when the grocery store had cereal? Like it was like that. <laughs> you would just stare at all of it and you weren't sure. Uh, but we'll talk about what we've been doing. Um, Aaron's not on the show this week, right? No. We, okay. can, we can remove Aaron's name. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, and then I believe in our Naquato, the question that you asked our community had something to do about uh, what everybody is doing during quarantine and maybe what they want to do or how it's yeah. affecting them. Does that sound right? Sort of. I, uh, that all yeah. sounds pretty right. Yeah, pretty pretty close. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's good let's, enough for a rundown, if you will. Yeah. I mean, we're. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we're on par with uh, you know multi million dollar late night talk shows. So I think we're doing okay, <laughs> right? We're doing great. I, I always knew one day we'd be the trendsetters. We, we'd be <laughs> paving the ground for for the big I always, dogs. <laughs> I always knew one day we'd be on par with Seth Meyers and John Oliver. Uh-huh. Yeah. It only took a global pandemic and the, the, colla- <laughs> the collapse of society. It wasn't, it wasn't that we raised up to them. It's that they fell down to where we yeah, are. Yeah. Exactly. And Nothing it only to took a global pandemic to get us all together to do a podcast. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah we Look at us all free yeah. at the same time. Yeah. We should probably tell our listeners that um, they will be hearing our children and our spouses mm-hmm. and uh, deliveries happening because uh, yeah, we're, pets. Yeah, we're all doing this like in the middle of the day. Uh, You're going to hear me drinking cold brew essentially on our lunch break. So it's, it's yeah. a lunch break podcast. And you know, what's great about that is that that's the norm now. And that's totally okay. Like in the past, I would have been like, no, like quiet all the noise in the background. And now it's like, who cares? Like this is yeah. now it's authentic. Right? Yeah. Yeah, now we're all true. that guy on BBC with his two kids charging in while he's talking about socioeconomic politics yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He has really normalized uh, yeah. un- unprofessional recordings on on live television and radio. <laughs> right. So that guy's we're, like we're a, doing... a gl- global hero. That guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. So you guys are going to hear my work slacking. Hold on. <laughs> uh, it's, it's all right. One of us. <laughs> Do you guys want to start uh, by talking about some Animal Crossing? Yeah, let's uh, do it. Sure, tell tell me all about it. Uh, so I've been playing. We talked about about this uh, on the episode with Aaron a week or two ago. But I've been playing mainly with Lincoln in the mornings. My son, he's almost four. Um, it's going really well. He like he really enjoys like in the morning when you log on the game. Tom Nook tells you all the new things that are going on in the town, and then you get to kind of go through your daily chores and chop stuff and help people out, talk to your townspeople. And he really likes seeing the island grow. I mean, he's he's almost four, so he's incredibly impatient. So he's like, what do you mean the town center's not built yet? It's like, well... Yeah. Oh, you're, you're talking about your kid, not Tom Nook. I was like, I, yeah. got, I got lost in your... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So They're both like, incredibly impatient. They, yeah. they are, yeah. It's like, Tom Nook's really invested in you growing your town, and he's very excited about it. <laughs> no, my son is, yeah. So, I you see. know, he, he wants everything to speed along quickly, but I actually really enjoy the leisurely pace of animal crossing. Like I see people Mm -hmm. that are like using time warps and stuff to kind of speed their town along to, to get further in the game. But I don't really, me, I don't understand like why you would do that. Cause it's sort of like the most chill game ever. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, you know, kind of about taking your time and exploring. I actually did visit someone's Island for the first time the other day. It was really cool. Did you? Yeah. Do you guys know? Where'd you go? Um, uh, Jen Cohen, she had her island oh, yeah. open. Yeah, so I went and visited her, and she gave me like a bunch of fruit that I didn't have, and gave yeah. me like the tour. It was super fun. Like, I don't know awesome. wh- what about the game is appealing to you guys because it's still a game that I can't believe I'm playing and like I enjoy. <laughs> What's appealing about uh, it now, or what was appealing about it like four months ago well, when everything was I mean, normal? <laughs> oh yeah, well I mean I guess both really. Yeah. Um. 
I mean, for me, the now is is that it's everything you just said. It's like a relaxing, nice game that I can jump on, play an hour or two at a time. You know, like I'll find myself jumping on in the morning. Like Melissa is hesitant to play because she feels like she's going to get addicted to it, as she calls <laughs> uh, she calls it chore games. You know, mm-hmm. any game that gives you a list of chores, she will just like she'll forget. <laughs> Our daughter will be running around like without clothes, covered in mud from somehow, and she hasn't been outside. And then she'll be like. Melissa will be buried in that and I'll be, you know, looking at my phone or some something stupid. So she hasn't started playing it, but um, I jump on in the morning and then again at night, like before I go to bed, I'll play for a couple hours total each day and just kind of do chores and walk around and pick up stuff and fix things. I'm, I'm only, um, uh, I don't even know how long into the, I've only played for like, cause it's real time. I've only played whatever, like three, four days or whatever. Right. Um, so like the museum, like just, got set up i think in my place like it's like i'm just like getting right, things right. inched into position in it but i think even before you know being self-isolated the draw to this game is that it is holy it's like the sims or like you know yeah. it's that style of just like oh i'm gonna just play a game where i'm having fun and talking to people and i can share stuff that i'm building it's like it's like minecraft light or sims but with style, if you will, like, right, yeah. I don't know, you know, like it's, it's some, it's like Nintendo Sims or Minecraft Lite is what I would say is yeah. I think the draw to it ultimately. Yeah. It's really cool to see the amount of creativity people are putting into it. Like I've seen a ton of really awesome clothing designs that people are doing with the, the, the costume creator and like yeah. people theming out their entire islands to be like a certain theme. Like I saw um, Holly Conrad, her, her house looked sort of like a haunted house. Cause of course it did. But uh, you know, she had like all black furniture and like wallpaper with like bats and stuff on it. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool. People you guys, are really having fun with this. Did you see the Bon Appetit test kitchen? No. Anybody see that one? <laughs> no. No. Somebody built out, somebody styled themselves as Claire Saffitz and then built out the entire Bon Appetit test kitchen inside their house. So it's like, it's got the stoves along the side and then the big counter in the middle. Like they literally just built, rebuilt the Bon Appetit test kitchen. And then two people, the, they posted a picture online that kind of exploded. And it was like a tweet. It was like, like, hello, it's Claire Savitz coming to you from the test kitchen. <laughs> and then two people uh, who were dressed as Brad and Brad Leone. If you guys don't watch Bon Appetit, by the way, I'll, I'll go all in on Bon Appetit in a second. But uh, <laughs> Brad Leone and I think Molly Baz, I think were the other two characters it might have been. I don't remember who the third one was, but they they traveled to the island. She opened up her island, and they traveled to it. And so it was like three test cook <laughs> chefs in the test cook kitchen. And like, That's oh, so cool. It was, it was funny, but yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Um, I really, you know, I'm excited for Scott to get into the game, but I wish we'll have to do another episode, I guess, guys. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, I just want to hear Scott's opinion of the old versus Come new here, because I've only watched Scott Come play here. the old ones. Versus actually playing it, you know, like I watched you play. I was trying to remember which one I watched you play the heaviest. Was there one on GameCube that I watched there, you play? I think it, it was like yeah, it was GameCube, and then I believe Wii, oh, and then 3DS, yeah. and then <laughs> Switch. I think, but we probably was, played a lot yeah. of the GameCube yeah. one, the original one. That's right? what I think. Yeah, yeah. So I was like trying to. Well, I think they said the original was on sixty-four, possibly. So uh, it, it was way older than I thought it was, but. But I'm pretty sure we lived together when you had the GameCube and I watched you play Correct. on GameCube a bunch. And then yeah. I remember coming over a bunch when you were playing it on Wii and always being super interested because that was when Jen got into it was when you played it on Wii. Yeah. And, uh, um, but like, 
it'd be interesting to hear because there are some differences that I noticed. There's some some mild differences between a bunch of stuff, but it it still feels very familiar. But the chore yeah. systems feel different. It felt like so like so far, I think just by the nature of it being an island, like a remote island where you're almost by yourself, it doesn't feel quite as like community Animal Crossing as it did when I watched you play. If that makes okay. sense. But I mean, you can visit other people's towns. So I, that's kind of the you can, but it's like game. you can, but it's like Nintendo's fucking. You know. Oh yeah. Just, Make it hard. You gotta. You gotta. Code. Yeah. yeah like, you gotta be friends with the person. You gotta open your island and have your island be open while you're playing. So it has to yeah. be something that's just like, okay, I'm gonna play for two hours and leave my island open and see who visits me, or it has to be something that's arranged. Like it could be really cool. I guess what a lot of people are doing is they're setting times and like saying my island will be open from you know this this time to this time and they just leave a bunch of stuff on their ground like ah. different fruits and things that they yeah. gather so you can come and like plunder their stuff because when you're on other people's islands you can't use your shovel or your axe so you can't chop down their stuff you can't dig yeah. up their stuff it's a smart decision yeah but you can take stuff off the ground so it's uh it's you know like i it's it's like the, right now it's like a, the simplest and and kindest mmo that i can play with my kid that's actually <laughs> like i have that like progression itch that i'm getting scratched every morning we're like oh now i'll build right. this and yeah. um so it's fun and it you know it, it definitely uh is is enjoyable during this weird time in history you know so right so what, what i have but, seen is I mean, maybe you can, maybe you can tell me if this is true or not is that what i've have seen is that you can actually play multiple characters on the same system and you can play simultaneously with the little with individual Joy Cons. Is that okay. true? Have you tried that? I have I not tried, tried it yet. I, I heard that though too, because after I talked to you on Slack about it, I looked it up yeah. and I was like, "Oh, can I have my own avatar?" And I guess what happens is you get you get all the tools that your main avatar has, but you don't have yeah. the same inventory. So it's kind of tricky and and weird. I guess you could like play together, but you probably the extra player probably has the same rules. I'm assuming as like an island guest. Um, yeah. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know how that works. There, I mean, there could be something interesting there to just like run around with a couple of people and just do random tasks. And I don't know. That sounds like it could be fun. So in terms of like innovations over previous titles, like that aspect of the game seems more appealing to me. But I mean, I think the thing that you're kind of guaranteed with any Nintendo game is that like it's going to be as neat as a pin. And so you just expect yeah. there to be a certain level of polish and quality. And that's. I don't know. That's kind of what the appeal of the game is to me is that, you know, it's just going to kind of feel very well refined and everything is just going to sort of work. Right. And like even that by itself is a good feeling to know that like there is a reward system there and it will be satisfying and you'll be able to have fun. And it's, you know, brightly colored, which is like the kind of thing that you need right now. Right. right so just kind right. of. It kind of hits all the right buttons at this point. Yeah, it is very much like what what I was like, oh, I love Mario on Switch, you know, like Mario Odyssey and all that stuff. It is that level of polish that you're like, holy God, this like there's just nothing in it that plays weird or wrong. Although that goddamn spider. I oh, swear to God. I haven't got one yet. I still haven't caught a single spider. <laughs> it keeps biting me and I keep getting knocked out. I got stung by wasps the other day. I'm having like literally the worst time on the island whatsoever. I love that but, uh, you get still, all swollen. Still enjoying it. When you get yeah, swollen. I'm still walking around swollen. I'm completely swollen right now, walking around. Um, <laughs> Swole. Swole. But uh but yeah, I don't know. The game is truly just sort of sort of got this. I think it's just because you just wrote the word, but it feels right. It it feels sort of timeless in a way that the game feels old and well played, like a game that you've played a hundred times, but also fun and kind of newish. You know, there's mm -hmm. no system inside of the game that's like 
groundbreaking in, in what you're doing. Mm. And there's no like, there's no like loop of what you're doing that you're like, man, I just, this whole thing's so incredible, but it's so like endearing and fun and like warm and friendly right now, I think, which is why everybody's so gravitating to it so heavily. But what I was going to co- comment on with the um, visiting the islands, I think the difference in feeling is that on the a GameCube, it was generative, right? <laughs> so you were visiting like other NPCs that just had like their own little lives and houses that they were running. I think in the GameCube one, you could have, uh, connected a Game Boy Advance with that weird cable, mm, and then travel travel to an island that was like on a Game Boy system. I do remember this? Yeah, yeah. you could do that. Um, Which was like just... that was super hot tech back then. I think that was the only game to do that. Interesting. Yeah, it was, like yeah. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles or something. But like, yeah, yeah, there's like Crystal, two games. Crystal literally, literally two yeah. games did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with this one, I just think because the systems, I don't know why Nintendo is so bad at, at social stuff and sharing accounts and being friends with other people, but that's the one thing they're, they're truly awful at. And I think that clunkiness kind of hinders some of this exploration and sharing with each other and stuff, which is too bad, yeah. but yeah, it's otherwise like doubling it's like, down on privacy or something like privacy. But it's not know. privacy. It's like privacy through like it's like fake privacy. Like it's nothing sure. private. About right. It. <laughs> you know, it, like, it would be just from a, a usability perspective, something as simple as having an icon next to your online players, friends, names of whose Island is currently open. So you don't have to go through six menus to say like, I'm searching for a friend's Island and then have it like come back <laughs> yeah, a minute yeah. later and be like, nobody's Island is open. It's nobody's like, open. Yeah. Just show me a green light so I can know who's, who's available to play <laughs> with right now. You know, something very simple, but. I mean, it's like from the game who had, or from the company who has like required internet connectivity for their iPhone games. You know, they have the network <laughs> capacity to like handle yeah. Animal Crossing running. Right. You know? So it's like, for sure, it's just so it's just weird that they do social stuff the way they do it because it's not as if there aren't like a million examples for them to do it better at this point. But you know, whatever. I don't know. The like the three generations from now, the Nintendo <sighs> will allow you to like you know bump another Switch and be friends or something. Who knows? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. um. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know. I'm very much enjoying it. Oh, I will. One note of caution on the game. If you start and you do not get all the way through, um, what's the first point? I think you have to get all the way through the first talk with Tom Nook where the whole Island kind of sets into normal motion. If you don't do that and the system reboots or you lose like that auto, not auto save, but like sleep mode, yeah. Like if your system restarts or reboots or you or you like I do have an update applied and it reboots your entire thing, you lose everything and you have to start completely over. You oh, have to no. re- remake your character, repick an island, like wow. replace your stuff. So like I had gotten when I first started it, I was playing at night and I got tired and I'd gotten all the way up to where like I had placed my tent, but I hadn't yet gone back to talk to Tom Nook, I think, or so. there was something, there was some point in the game that you hit where the game like starts essentially. And I don't remember what it is. And I hadn't gotten there and I didn't realize it. And I turned it off and my system got an update overnight. And when I turned it back on, it like forces the update, you know, which is weird because just do it if you know you need one, but <laughs> it forces the update. And I was like, sure. And then when it restarted, it was, I like opened up animal crossing, like ready to go. And it was like, Nope, sorry, you have nothing. You have to start completely, like Fantastic. it completely started you over. Fantastic. And I was like, God damn it. So note of caution there. Beware. 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 Beware if you carefully make a gray-haired, pigtailed, weird-eyed guy to play with. <laughs> uh, uh, you may have to remake it. <laughs> Scott, what is Indivisible? What is Indivisible? So um, Indivisible was a game that uh, I think came out within the last couple of months. But... Uh, 
it came out and it was kind of like a quiet release and then it came out to game pass so um it was something that i had my eye on just because the box art looked interesting which is like always a fun way to discover something right is just uh on the on the cover alone but um the game is currently in game pass on the surface it looks like it is a metroidvania style game but really where the meat of the game is is that you can recruit a bunch of characters to your team uh and pick up a party to use in battle and the battle system sort of play out like an rpg where it's sort of a a near real-time battle system where it is turn-based, but you can um, decide the order in which the, your characters take turns, right? So you imagine you'll have four characters, and each of them is mapped to a button on your controller, and uh, each character has three attacks that recharge at different speeds, and you can determine sort of the order in which you do those attacks, and each character has kind of like different fighting moves. So you can push like up an X or down an X or, you know, to the side an X. And each of those uh, button presses does a different move for the character. And then when you're attacking the enemies in battle, you can do things like generate combos by juggling characters or launching special attacks and doing things like that, right? So the game um, kind of starts a little bit slow, but it gets super interesting because I think there's at least 10 different characters in the game, maybe 15 or so. I think someone online said there was like 20 characters and um, I only have... I don't know, about 10 of them so far. And uh, it's just really interesting. Everything is hand-drawn. The art, uh, you know, the art is sort of like a cartoonish style, but it's very um, stylized, kind of has its own kind of aesthetic going on. And uh, yeah, it's just, I, I find That's it really, really fascinating. It's super pretty. Yeah, I'm looking at yeah. screens of it now. I can't believe I had not even seen this game. Yeah, it was, I mean, honestly, like I kind of did like a, like a record label thing where I was playing Control, which was uh, published by a company called 505 Games. And then I saw that they put out this game, Indivisible, and I was like, well, you know, maybe they're just re really good at, you know, publishing stuff right now. So, like, I'm going to try this game and see what it's all about. And, yeah, like, I think it's super cool. Uh, it is in Game Pass now. I think it's on Game Pass on PC and console. So uh, whatever your platform is, you pro there's probably a really good chance that you have access to it at this point. Wait, and, wait, uh, is Shovel Knight in this game? Uh there, I think there are sort of like, uh, in like kind of Easter egg references to other games inside of this game. Oh, okay, awesome. I I love yeah. me some Shovel Knight. I was just looking at screens and there was a screen with Shovel Knight uh, in with the uh, the characters, and I didn't know. What yeah, I'm I'm not in, I'm not entirely sure like where all the characters come from. I think this game uh, originally was funded on Kickstarter, so um, you know, like I feel like I, I said this guys to you guys offline, but I feel like there are parts of this game that feel as if somebody. You know, you encounter an NPC and I was like, oh, that person probably contributed enough to have a character in this game because it just seems like a little bit different from the other characters. Um, but yeah, like it, it just sort of adds to the charm of the game. It kind of has a it. it... <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> my my, do my dogs just saw the mailman. So you guys got to experience that. <laughs> it's, it's all good. There, there are no rules right now. Right. Yeah. For, for any of this. Yeah. 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 Yeah, my dogs for some reason got like the puppy memo, like you bark at this mailman guy because that's what everyone <laughs> thinks you're supposed to do, and, they, and they've been doing it for eleven years, and it's gotten pretty old have, at this point. <laughs> we have you're gonna probably hear it whenever the groceries show up, but uh, we have like a traditional doorbell now, which we had like a buzzer in our old apartment. Yeah, and uh, Benny, who never barked in the old apartment, 
goes insane when the doorbell goes off. I have no idea what, why. <laughs> like, he must have lived somewhere with a doorbell where he knows that <laughs> means something because it goes off and he just loses his mind every time it happens. Oh my gosh. That's uh, hilarious. Good times. Well, that's cool, man. I'm going to check that out for sure. It looks fun. Did you get it? What system are you playing it on? Uh, I'm playing it on Xbox, on Xbox right now. Okay. Yeah, but I believe it. It it's sort of like it released to to consoles. I know it's on PS4 as well. And then just within the last like month or so, it came to Game Pass. And then I believe it came to to PC Game Pass as well. So oh, cool. on, yeah, it's on PC Game Pass. There we go. That's yep, how. there you go. I, I believe it is on both yeah. platforms. It, it's funny, like Game Pass. There's so much on Game Pass right now. Yeah. Uh, and this isn't a shameless plug. It's just the fact that I literally there is no way that I could ever play even a hundredth of it. And it's oh, all yeah. and it, no, like, I was insane. afraid when game pass first came out, it was going to be like, just like garbage, but it's like fantastic stuff that I really want to play that I just can't, yeah. I can't plow through it all. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, I'm not shocked that it's, it's on there and that's, yeah. that's really cool. This is, this is not me being biased, but the thing that I want to say about PC game pass that I really like is that some of it is really curated towards like a PC game player. Which is yeah. um, which is cool. Like there are titles on uh, PC Game Pass, like you know, Age of Empires or whatever, that is like very much in the wheelhouse of a PC game player. Uh, a game that I saw at PAX a couple of years ago, which is Astro Astrala Gaster or whatever the game is called, uh, just came to Game Pass as well. So I just want to give a shout out to that real quick. It's the game I told you guys about this game. It's a narrative based game about uh, an astrologist who fancies himself as a physicist, and it's based on like the uh the documents of so pc game pass is kind of getting to that place now where the catalog is becoming like big enough to have weird stuff in it which is really exciting Mm -hmm. too right so it's uh browsable at this point which is which is really great and with that let's move on to something else yeah i want to talk about doom because i haven't played it yet so how you like it oh yeah please do uh, I mean, I can't get super deep into it because it was one of the most stressful things I've ever played in my entire life, and I stopped playing it about like an hour or two in. <laughs> but uh, it is feasibly one of the smoothest, butteriest shooters I've ever played in my entire life. Um, but man, it is frantic and intense and like does not let up. I only put it on like the second hardest. I did like not super easy and not hard. I did like whatever the like, sure I've played video games before setting was. Yeah. And, (laughs) and uh, they just don't relent. Like they're just like, okay. And they just kind of drop you into the story and you just go. And there's just demons running after you and you're firing off things. I will, my, my, um, my, my quick two minute, like prequel or pre review to the game is that, uh, it runs super smooth. It plays really nice. The music's friggin' awesome. Like the music's the greatest soundtrack attached to a video. It's not that it's <laughs> the greatest video game soundtrack. It's that it's like the most perfectly attached soundtrack to a game that could exist. You know, like but no like, other soundtrack but, would but be what, correct. What here. is it? That's I mean, like it's I'm this, really, really like, curious. I would not expect this to be like uh like the high point of the game. You know, it's like uh well, first of all, it's like if you've watched the video, the people who wrote it, it's like a top like metal and industrial talent oh, like, made okay. this soundtrack got it and then it is it's this sort of like it's somewhere between like um like sepultura and helmet and like uh thrill kill cult like it's like yeah. it's all of those things and nine inch nails you know like it's those like somewhere between like industrial late early late 90s industrial mixed with like early 90s metal 
and hardcore. And it just is this insane driving soundtrack that's just constantly rolling behind the, the gameplay. And it sounds incredible. It's super great. Wow. It makes me like want to make an industrial record like tomorrow. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, I like want to play this game now just to hear the soundtrack in the game. Yeah, it, like I mean, you should just go listen to the soundtrack. It's yeah. actually pretty it's good. enjoyable. There's some videos also... out which is with gameplay and music. So it, it, that's where I heard it. I was like, oh man, this is really solid. Nice. Yeah. Um, but so the the game drops you in and in like the story. I don't actually didn't play the last Doom, the 2016 one, so I don't know where that was supposed to take off. And I don't honestly know the lore of Doom to be dead honest <laughs> sure. with everybody. But this one drops you in where you know hell is opened up on Earth and you're like going down essentially to kill these like high priests and and to defeat demons on earth and uh it is uh it's bonkers i'm playing it on pc um i would highly recommend playing it on pc and playing it with a mouse and keyboard which are words you'll never hear come out of my mouth otherwise about any video game (laughs) interesting that's very interesting i have like one of the razor mice that i think ash and i have the same one i had to map controls to like buttons to to make it even kind of playable there's there's a lot of switching between stuff um really so you have a yeah so one of the mechanics that was new to me, at least, is that they give you a chainsaw right off the bat, and when you chainsaw people, you get ammo off of chainsawing them, and if <laughs> okay. and you almost are required to do that because the amount of ammo in the game is so scarce that you, you run out like constantly. Um, and while they show you that you can punch people, it's not like old school punching where it's like one two punch and they're down. It's like you'll be fighting the lightest guy and you'll punch him six times. He'll take half your life away and they'll finally go down. Like it's it's wow. brutal. It's very very hard. Here's my child. Hi. Um, and uh, it's uh, she's wielding a spoon. None of yeah. you swinging a spoon around at me right now. And you know what's great? Okay. Is that we don't we don't have to edit that out anymore because no, that's, it's fine. This yeah. is totally normal at this point. It's a label. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so uh, there's a, so there's a chainsaw mechanic. There's like a finishing mechanic off of like if you damage somebody enough, you can go up in one punch, finish them, and that gives you some bonus health. And then. Uh, there's just a ton of mechanics and it's very early. Like the mechanics hit within like three minutes of starting the gameplay. They start introducing basically everything to you. Um, so it is brutal. It's very fast, <laughs> highly stressful, <laughs> but it plays so well that it's very playable. Like it's not like frustratingly stressful. Yeah. It's just a very stressful game. I haven't played um, Doom since two. So I think I have yeah. a lot to, to catch up on, yeah. including the lore, which I didn't really, yeah. never really thought about the lore. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't either. Too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, but it is super fun. I'm really enjoying it. I would say I've heard this is a this is a by proxy um, review, but I have close friends who have played and beaten it and have said probably not a $60 game, quote unquote, if that yeah, I see that it's very fun, very good. But if you can get it on sale, grab it on sale. Um I could see that maybe, but I'm not far enough in to really levy that that critique towards it. Like um, Steam or GOG or something? Is that where you got I it? I got it on Steam, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was looking for it everywhere, and Steam was like the only place to buy it on PC, apparently. Uh, gotcha. And then um, the only other thing I would say is that there is a online mode, um, but it is PvP, I believe. It's not. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was just kind of like, eh, I'm all right right now. So yeah. I haven't picked up and played that at all. Um, but like I said, it's... If if I could review two more polar opposite games, it would be Animal Crossing and Doom. Right, which they launched are, like, on the came same out on, day. <laughs> yeah, they came out on the same day, and they are like so far apart from each other. It's yeah, but the, those fandoms, those fandoms came together to celebrate the release of both games <laughs> they really simultaneously. Did. It was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, yeah. they were yeah. like, like giving so... each other back rubs and like, yeah, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you love your game. I'm glad you love your game too. Like what? Yeah. 
I know the world needs more of that. Yeah, right it's because yeah. honestly, metal guys like heavy metal guys are o- have always been the nicest guys I've ever met. Yeah, hell yeah, they're True. like all True just story. like sweet people with like you know Scott beards and like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every I go to a lot of metal shows, and every metal show there's like a brief moment where I'm like, "Oh crap, is this like a, a white power rally?" And then when I realize everybody's cool. I'm like, "All right, we're all good. It's not anything like that." There's very super thin nice line. Sweet. Very, very thin. There line is a there. thin line. There's like a weird moment where you're like wait everybody has shaved heads and i don't know what's happening and then yeah. you're like oh no i know what's happening yeah. we're all good they just want to drink beer and listen to really loud music really loud music yeah. and that's what i want to do so it's fine um but yeah doom is super fun it, it like if you were already into you know any one of the games that sit in that genre then you know go ahead and pick it up but the, the, that's why i gave the caution just of like if you don't play doom already or you're not playing shooters like that already you know maybe wait till it's on sale and then pick it up and go for it but so far, I'm enjoying it. It's really fun. It's just stressful. Just crazy, <laughs> crazy stressful. Nice. Um, really quick, uh, are you guys watching? Have you watched Ozark at all, either of you? No, no. I've never watched. So that? I'll give a quick. It's yeah, so it's a it's a Netflix show. They just season three just dropped this week. Um, it uh, is a. a, a I, honestly, I think it's one of the best acted kind of crime dramas uh, on TV right now. And it involves, it revolves around uh, a guy who's just like a numbers guy. He's like a, a super numbers genius. He ends up kind of getting tricked it's into, Jason Bateman, right? yeah, Jason Bateman. He yeah. directs a lot of the episodes too. And he's like, I don't know if you guys mm. have ever watched his direction, but he is a fantastic director, which is one of the things that I've been like floored by is like the episodes that he does awesome. are just like next level. Great. Um, He did that Stephen King show too. He directed a bunch of episodes on that. Uh, which I can't remember the name of it, but so anyway, it's uh, it's about the bird family, a husband and a wife and two kids. And he ends up uh, getting kind of tricked into cooking numbers for the Mexican cartel. So he, <laughs> uh, he ends up being a money launderer for the Mexican cartel. And it's sort of what happens to his family as a result of him getting pressured into doing this, uh, into this job. So he ends up moving to the Ozarks in the middle of nowhere which looks a, a lot like, I guess it's actually filmed in North Carolina, sort of where my family goes every year. But um, <laughs> so they go move to the Ozarks and have to continue their money laundering in the Ozarks. And it's not like a show that I typically would just be like, everyone has to watch this. It is so well acted. And like, it's the, the tension levels are so high. It's sort of um, like a Breaking Bad Sopranos. Um, it's not quite as dark as those shows necessarily, but it is, you know, there are some very shocking moments and the, the caliber of the acting and the direction is just like, it's like 10 out of 10 fantastic. So I think each season is like roughly eight to 10 episodes somewhere in there. Uh, each episode's about an hour. Uh, I'm about halfway through season three and I'm just like riveted. Can't wait to see what the rest of it's all about. So if you're not watching Ozark, check it out. Uh, please let us know on Twitter if you like it. I want to talk to someone about Ozark because nobody I know is watching it. <laughs> and you uh, have the time. There are no excuses. I know. Go back and watch it. You'll watch. I, I swear, if you start the show, you'll finish the first season in like two days. It's that good. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. What do you guys want to talk about now? Um, I could talk time. about Hidden Through Time. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to bring up this game because it is, I think, maybe a game that uh, we could all get into right now, which is something that's like low stress, super chill, right? Um, I found this game just from reading our our press emails, basically. Uh, but Hidden Through Time is uh, basically it's just a hidden object game on on console that you can play. And uh, what I really like about it is that um, obviously it's family friendly. 
And, uh, but what I really enjoy is sort of the uh, appearance of the game. Like the, the art is really good, but it's also animated too, which is kind of neat for like, you know, if, if you've ever done a hidden object game in a book, which I do a lot of them with my son, cause we go, you know, get them from the library or whatever. It's yeah. actually cool to see like these environments sort of coming to life. So you'll be looking for, uh, you know, like a dinosaur or something, but then like all the little cavemen or whatever, are, like walking around and it's sort of an animated scene, which I was like, oh, that's kind of refreshing for a, a hidden object game um, in the style of something like Where's Waldo. So uh, it's very simple. There's not really too much more to explain other than that. The game is called Hidden Through Time because the different worlds of the game take place in sort of different faux time periods, you know, where it's like dinosaurs, uh, Egyptian stuff, you know, Western stuff, right? And the the thing that I also really appreciate about this is that I was sort of concerned that the length of the game would be short. But there are a series of levels that are included with the game. But then they also put in, and I, I don't really I don't really understand why, but you can create uh, your own hidden object puzzles. So there is a community section, right, which is like not uh, heavily uh moderated ah. <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying yeah that's unfortunate <laughs> so um there i mean there are some some really creative and good uh maps that people have created for hidden object puzzles but then of course there are some truly terrible ones as well um and i've explored a lot of them but uh it's it's interesting because you can choose the objects to place in obviously you can choose where to put them you can also include clues about where you placed each object right and so people, you know, the creativity of people is wild, right? And sometimes the clues are appropriate and clever, and sometimes they are definitely not. But um, there is kind of a reporting system if anything is truly offensive. But um, I'm like, this has kind of become my uh, in-between time kind of game where it's like, oh, I have five minutes and I just need to chill for a second. Like, I'm just going to pick this up and do a puzzle and put it back down, right? Where it's like, if I don't have time to get into Indivisible, if I don't have time to, like, set up an island on Animal Crossing, I flip this on, I do a puzzle, and, like, that's good enough for me, right? Right. So uh, that's Hidden Through Time. I believe it is available on on PC and Xbox. It's probably available on PlayStation as well. Um, I don't know how long it's been out, but it is something that is fairly recent and definitely appropriate to a situation in which you are stuck in your house with nothing to do. Or, you know, just need something else to do that isn't stressful, um, that is hidden through time. And I would uh, recommend it for anybody that, uh, you know, definitely as a family game, as well as something that's just kind of chill and fun to play. Awesome. Awesome. I know Christina plays a lot of those on her phone. Um, You know, I always look over and she's like just slowly scrolling through a map. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm finding stuff. It's kind of neat. It's like it's one of those games that is not a new game because obviously there are books like that that do this like where's waldo but it's nice to put a game like that into a digital format because then you have the benefit of all these additional tools like being able to create maps that are different sizes and being able to zoom in and out and having animation you know on the various maps and so just it's just one of those things that benefits from being digitized which is not what i expected but it's a it's a pleasant surprise cool cool What's your what's your time stop? Uh, your hard stop time, Scott? Um, I've got about thirty minutes. Do you want to okay. skip over to? We had some questions from the community because uh, it's our three hundred and fiftieth. Do you guys just want to focus on those for the last half hour? Sure. Can we do the. Do you want to do the promotional <laughs> thing? Or you want to do that at the end? Go ahead and do that at the end. Yeah. Stuff? Okay. Are cool. we still are we still are we still doing those? Do we have that? Well, no. Just like last week, we talked a little bit about like I kind of promoted some 
stuff that's free right now, things that oh, you can do, oh, like, yes. like yes. coronavirus-related promotional stuff. Got so it. I okay. think that's what Ash was doing as well, and, and I have a few more to talk about today. So Cool. Yeah, we'll do that at the end as, as we sign off. Um, cool. Perfect. So we kind of, uh, every milestone, I guess, we, we ask the community to ask us questions. Uh, and mm-hmm. since this is episode 350, we just asked uh, you guys on Twitter what you wanted to ask us or to give us a, a, you know, a hello. And so our first one is from Justin Banks. He says, Hey guys, hope all your families and yourselves are staying safe. Thanks man. And uh, Justin Banks has been replying to us on Twitter for like a decade. So thanks man. (laughs) We appreciate it. He always has something to say. He's always super positive and supportive. And uh, you know, a lot of our friends have just not, They've just gone away at this point. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's entirely true. That's not entirely true. Where are they? I, I want a fucking cake or something, guys. Come on. I mean, shout out to also uh, additional shout out to Justin Banks, who who basically is the only person that likes a majority of my uh, auto generated updates from true achievements. Uh, yeah. <laughs> where it's like where it's like I completed a game and he'll be like, I like that. I'm like, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for I feel that. seen. I feel seen. It's great. uh next one's Alyssa at lissabits who's also been listening and replying for a long time uh have you guys learned anything new about your introversion slash extroversion levels after all this enforced separation more or less one or the other more than you thought Hmm, that's a great question uh i will say this it's not that i've learned this but it was uh interesting i guess to watch it happen but my wife and i are opposites i'm I, I'm like an outgoing introvert. Like I do well in, with people. I'm fine going out. I'm not like a like a complete introvert <laughs> where I don't do well in crowd settings or whatever. Like I like hanging out, seeing people, but I very much recharge by like being alone and not yep. around a bunch of people. And Melissa, on the other hand, is very much an extrovert and gets all of her energy from like engaging with groups and talking to lots of people. She knows literally everybody. And this definitely the first two weeks for me... Like it was weird at a certain point. Also, I don't know if you guys had this, but I have like the improv group and work and stuff. Everybody kind of like freaked out and started out. Oh, there's the groceries. Ah, right in the middle of me talking. <laughs> All right. You guys continue on to the next one. We'll redo this one. Ah! Okay. So I'll continue the same question. Um, yeah, I'm kind of on the same level as Matt. Like I'm, uh, I'm a little bit of, of both an introvert and extrovert. Like when I go to large conventions and stuff like that, I'll go hard for like a couple hours but then i generally and you know this scott i generally go back to the hotel and just like recharge for three or four hours because i need lots of alone time and part of that's because i was pretty much an only child growing up so it's like i'm i'm used to having quiet time and being by myself (laughs) yeah so uh it's really different to like you know have have my wife home and stuff all the time and i think like she she's having a little bit more of a challenge with it than i am necessarily because i've been work from home for over three years now. So for me, it's not that different. Um, I I think that the thing that's different is right now we're trying to balance our schedules. So like she's a teacher. So, you know, we have to figure out who's going to take turns watching the child while we both work. So we have like, you know, the day kind of blocked off in, in chunks. So it's been, it's been challenging and I, it hasn't stressed me out all that much because like I said, I've been work from home for such a long time, but at the same time, I really do miss like going out to a restaurant and like, or going to a movie and, and, you know, some of the things I like to do for, for comfort. Uh, but other than that, it hasn't been too terrible. What about yourself? Yeah. I mean, I I think, I think we're sort of all in that same boat where it's like, I think it's safe to say that we're indoor kids and, uh, 
you know, just like just like you were saying, like uh, growing up as a child, I spent a lot of time alone. And so I'm sort of comfortable uh, with that. And so just speaking strictly from sort of a work perspective, um, I feel like almost more comfortable in this situation than like just kind of being in the office and having that social anxiety of of, uh, you know, trying to <laughs> interact with people and not have it feel awkward when you do that. Right. Mm hmm. And so now I'm in a situation where it's like I'm just sitting at my computer and working and I know someone's not just going to like come in the door, you know, into the building because I was I was sitting in a very like well trafficked area as well. Mm -hmm. And so like now I'm just in a place where it's like I'm just working and sometimes I work at night, uh, which is fine as well. And so like speaking just only for myself, like this this part is is sort of OK. Right? Yeah. But like, you know, obviously we do miss you know, our family misses like, you know, my son misses his school and my wife misses her work. And, uh, you know, we want to be able to go places. But just just speaking strictly about like sitting here and doing work and being able to focus on things and like being away from that anxiety part of it like that, that has been OK yeah. with me. Right. It's, a, it's cool. amazing to me. Like, I, you know, I, I've worked with studios and stuff where I've been in heavily trafficked areas like open floor workspaces where there's constantly people. Yeah. Not necessarily to be mean, but looking over your shoulder or like your boss is walking by and, and you know, checking in on what's going on. But to me, it's like as long as you're getting your tasks done and you're doing it well, the last thing you need to be is in sitting in a giant ass room full of other people when you're trying to do something that you need you know, a little bit of quiet and, and your yes. own personal space to do, which I think like a lot of our jobs, you, you quiet and personal space is very important. Uh, so you can focus and you can have that clarity, which you don't have in a lot of office environments. So for me, it's like, it's been, I've been, I've been a better worker Same. by far since I've been working, you know, in my own office. So, yeah, I am, I am easily distracted. So this is, this is okay for, and the other thing I'll mention is that as soon as they told everybody like, Hey, work from home, uh, you know, the next day I was seeing pictures of people where it's like dining room chair, like sitting on the couch. And I was like, wait a second. Like we've we've had like 10 years to prepare for this. Right. Because we've <laughs> all we all have places to work. And so like when they told everybody go work at home, I was like, oh, it's OK. That's fine. Yeah. Like no big deal. Right. And so, Matt, uh, while you were gone, we were talking about how, uh, you know, growing up, we spent a lot of time alone. It's easy to kind of like recharge when you are alone. Yeah. Obviously, I know that you and I growing up, we spent a lot of time just within our own circle of friends, like yeah. sitting in our houses, playing games and and, uh, uh, you know, card games and stuff like that. So it's not super unusual for us to like just be yeah. at home and not be out. Right. It's very much. And then from like where I was going was for Melissa. Also, it's like being a stay at home mom with holiday all day long, like her her separation of herself, like what made her feel like herself was going out and doing improv and seeing a bunch of people. And like to have that cut off pretty quickly is like, you know, it's a huge adjustment to figure out well, how do I recharge now? How do I do these different things? And that's the hardest finding, part for us she, as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like finding ways you figure it out and it's just going to take time and it's going to be a, a hard kind of uh, change. And then the real question is how does this ever go back to anything else to me? Yeah. 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 Not only work, but just socially. And this is one of the things I talked to Stevie and Tanika last night in Australia uh, about just what's going on in the world. And it was a really good chat, which we'll have a, as a later episode. But one of the things we talked about was uh, how much is this going to impact everyone psychologically to the point where we're, we're not going to really be shaking hands anymore, where we're kind of used to the social distance and we're used to 
um, right. having our own space and not necessarily a lot of people aren't necessarily going to want to be begging to go back to the way that it was. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't really have a, an answer, but I think things are going to be different in some capacity. I would like to propose a new greeting, which is like the greeting that the they do in Back to the Future when they go to the I mean, uh, Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure when they go into the future oh, and yeah. they just do kind of like the slow air guitar move. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that should be our new uh, universal slow air guitar. Slow, slow, slow air guitar. Totally yeah, be, <laughs> be excellent to each other, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be weird. I, there's going to be weird social changes. There's going to be like my whole office doesn't want to go back to work like sure. in the office. Like there's a few people who are like, oh, I could go back and be in the office. But like my whole team essentially is like, I don't think I want to go back regularly after this. Like. I want to be work from home mostly. Well, and, and why, why do you need to? That's, I mean, that's what we said where you were gone. It's like if your productivity is the same and your tasks are all done and you still attend all meetings and everything is, you know, everything yeah. is still 10 out of 10 A plus, like where, why does it matter where I, you are? You know, I mean, I don't think, I don't think it does personally. It's going to be an interesting, it's going to be a fight. There's going to be a workers fight after this. Like I think a lot of people that had the, privilege to be able to work from home through all of this, you know, who had jobs that, that allowed them to telecommute or were still useful and doing things. Uh, those jobs are going to have a hard time being like, okay, come back in the office 40 hours a week or whatever, however much you might be working. Like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be weird and I don't really know what's going to happen. And I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of it cause I'm like, I'm a manager, but I'm not a <laughs> right. decision maker of any sort, you know? So it's like, I'm just going to kind of watch the two sides and <laughs> be like, well, you better come up with a good explanation why. And then my team will be like, well, you better, you know, tell them what you want. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I, I really can't do a whole lot here. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But uh, Matt, yeah. you want to read? Uh... That was a very big question. It was. That we good, just very answered. good yeah, question. A huge question. Yeah. I think Tough Hunters is next. I don't know which one of you guys. It's not me, though. You want me yeah. to... So Tough Hunters. you go. Uh, man, I always check Twitter 10 to 12 hours after these are posted. <laughs> what I want to know is how... Are you going to explain oh. this uh, this point to the little one years from now? Oh boy, yeah, uh, it's been um, interesting for me just diving in there. Like Lincoln knows that stuff's different. Um, mm-hmm. He knows that we, he's been calling it the sicky, <laughs> so he knows that he can't like run up and and really like talk to strangers and stuff when we go on a walk. And he knows that we haven't obviously been anywhere in like three weeks now. Uh, so he's already kind of aware that something is going on, but he obviously doesn't know what, you know, a pandemic is and that people are, are dying and and things of that nature. But he knows that this is a a different time in our history that we're doing this. And he knows it's not normal because he hasn't seen his grandparents. And he knows that, you know, it's really weird for mom to be home every day. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think years from now, I think he'll have memories of it. I think, you know, he's at the age now where he's having (sighs) memories that are going to, last you know his his lifetime so i think some of his earliest memories as weird as it sounds are going to be from this time in history of mom and dad being home him playing in the yard a lot and like going on walks and not knowing like why he can't go anywhere else you know yeah what about you guys uh mike uh my kid has definitely asked a few times like why you know can i go back to school like i miss my friends and stuff like that and we're like yeah, we're just, I mean, we, we basically, like, he's he's at an age where we can explain to him, like, hey, there's, like, a really bad cold, and we don't want to spread germs and stuff like that. And yeah. he's like, all right. And so um, that's kind of, like, at the level uh, that we're at right now. But, I mean, super weird, obviously. But I think we're just trying to, to do the best we can to, like, to provide some sense of normalcy, right? Right. 
mine's super young and uh as long as the ball pit is set up and there's a steady feed of fruit packs coming into her face then she's pretty cool with whatever uh no she's she's done a couple things that are really weird to us because she's 16 months old and like she um the other so we live we moved to an apartment where we live on the third floor and on the first floor the garden level apartment is friends of ours who also have a kid at the same exact age as holiday and they're friends they hang out like Melissa and the mom are friends so the kids hang out together all the time and uh, one day we were in the kitchen cooking and we saw them outside and we called to them we were like oh hey blah blah and they like looked up at us and we were talking like through the window and we were trying to get their daughter uh, to look and we were calling her name a bunch and she's too young to figure out like what look up is you know <laughs> like she, she just kept literally looking like left and right like where are these people like she couldn't figure out where we were uh, and then two days later, we were in the kitchen again, and Holiday went to the window and was trying to call out her friend's name, like was trying to Aww. say it over and over Aww. again. So then we FaceTimed with them, which is weird because we live literally two floors above them. We FaceTimed with them, and Holiday and the other kid just like freaked out. Like they screamed and were like running at the phone and playing and stuff. So oh clearly, there's like a little bit of like she's feeling the distancing, like she's feeling not being around her friends or going to the park and. There's some real withdrawals if we walk anywhere near the playground, which we can't go to right now. Mm-hmm. Like there's some there's some real like yeah. some some absolute tantrums thrown if we don't go in the park and go to the playground. So there's that kind of stuff I see her feeling, but she obviously has no concept of all of what's actually happening. Um, I think explaining to her like you know for me it's like at what age kind of you know like at five is a different explanation than at eighteen, and and I think it's. She's never going to remember this, but it's going to define probably her entire life, which is so weird to me to think about. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like this moment in time that happened after she was born is going to define how she lives in this world forever. And that's a crazy thought. So, yeah, it is. I don't know. As for as for all the children that are going to be born eight months from now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, for real, (laughs) it's it's uh, it's going to be weird. You know, it's also going to be weird just explaining that we had a. reality show host for a president who didn't handle a response very well and you know like <laughs> and then we all spent like... like six months at home just chilling yeah. at home and working we all, we all did this because the world went to shit for a little bit you oh know, yeah you know? oh yeah for real so uh that's a good answer uh the next one's another one from elizabeth says have you made any weird apocalypse meals yet <laughs> uh, i find myself saving the heels of breads for sandwiches now and scrounging way more leftovers <laughs> from the kids plates uh, oh, yeah. really, really quick with this one with the bread heels, <clears throat> I've been doing the same thing. You got to save every damn slice of bread you have, but I just take a, a really sharp knife and I carve the heel part off and then you have a perfectly good piece of bread. It just takes like an extra five seconds. You just uh, carve that little, uh, extra little nugget off the, the backside oh, of the heel. You could also, you could use them for buns as well for sandwiches. Yeah. Like if you're making hamburgers. Yeah. I also do them. I also do them with butter when I'm eating like pasta with red sauce. Ooh. So I'll, like butter, yeah. a heel piece of bread. And it's like a little uh, cheap man's roll. <laughs> I've done that since college though, because I yeah, was true. broke in college for as sure. Well. I mean, story. food's definitely been different for us. Uh, we typically would order out or go out probably I don't know three or four times a week at least, which probably isn't a lot for some people, but for us it was a fair amount. Uh, mm. And and for I don't know, God, sixteen, seventeen days now we've made every meal at home. Uh, we've yeah. definitely all like lost weight because of that, and also because yeah. we're kind of um, we're kind of 
you know, limiting how much we consume. So it's like rather than making Lincoln like eight chicken nuggets, three of which he won't eat, <laughs> I make him like four chicken nuggets, you know? So it's like every, every meal has been kind of rationed logically, which is something that I'm, I'm kind of glad I'm doing now because it's saving sure. a lot of food and it, it's less wasteful. And, um, and I think we all feel oddly enough healthier than we did before this started. Um, probably cause we're, you know, also like traveling less and, and eating earlier and all those things that we kind of, uh, hoped we could have done before that we're actually yeah. getting to do now, like dinner on the table by six thirty as opposed to eight o'clock, stuff like that. Sure. You know, you know, who's really coming out on top in this whole thing is, uh, pets. Yeah. Oh yeah. Home all the oh, time. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, my dog spends, you know, obviously all of her time at home and we don't have a backyard anymore. Uh, and now she gets to go on like one, if not two gigantic walks every single day. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's lost a lot of weight at this point and she's looking great. So, uh, you know, at least there's that, right. There's like sort of a, a small silver lining to this entire situation, which is like, you're getting to see, you know, more, more family, like more pet time, more kid time. And so that's, that's kind of an interesting side effect of, of having to be at home with, uh, with family all the time. Yeah, it's definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little food tip, because you know I'm all in on the food tips here, guys. Yep. Uh, a little food tip. Uh, one is, it's a combined tip, but um, we had heard a friend of ours has been doing this forever, and we started doing it, but I also do it with meat, which is save your scraps, whatever you have, like whenever you're cutting up carrots, and you got the end of a carrot, or you got onion butts and, you know, chicken bones that you might not be using, mm-hmm. throw them all in a pot at the end of the day, throw some water in there, and you got yourself some stock for the rest of the week. Ah, that's, that's really good. That's tip. clever. Yeah, because you do and throw a lot of that stuff away. It doesn't have to be crazy strong away. stock, but yeah, you throw a lot away. It doesn't have to be super strong. You can just throw whatever you got in there, and if it's just, if you've just got some bones, then a good tip is to uh, roast them first, or cook them up in the bottom of the pot first, and then add the water and the veggies and all the stuff, and let that cook up until you've got you got some nice tasty uh, chicken or beef or pork stock or whatever you might have. I will Sweet. say it's definitely weird um, running out of stuff and being like, oh shit! Like I'm, I'm we're like yeah. halfway. We have like one container of butter left, and like butter on order is like I haven't been able to get it. So I'm like, oh, well, we're wow. just gonna have to use like. <laughs> vegetable oil i don't fucking yeah. know like you know it's a, it's very it's a weird time to actually if we can eat. also use this as a public service announcement stop panic buying a bunch of stuff food is okay here guys there's a lot of food in the system food will keep coming to your grocery store you don't have to buy every piece of chicken that's available to you and then what i can only assume is throw half of it away once it goes bad in your fridge yeah. right uh that's really hurting everyone as opposed to helping anybody at all so just buy your groceries, get a couple extra things each week. Make sure you've got some extra pasta and some cans of beans, and then you're you're set. You're solid, you know. And what I, you know, what I have seen on social, it's like a it's a meme on social media, but it is true. When I go to the grocery store, is that like even during the apocalypse, uh, nobody wants to eat vegan or gluten free. Oh yeah, so thank, gluten free. Thank you, thank you for leaving all that gluten free food in the store. <laughs> it's yeah. All just there waiting for you. Everyone's like, I'm yeah, not I'm just like, oh yeah, supermarket sweep. Let's go. You know, yeah, super simple. Awesome. So thank you for thought, that. I would have thought oat milk would be around, but n- nope. No oat milk. People That's the weird one. Oat milk. That's the weird one. Yeah. Uh, uh, Robot Gobot, is that where we're at? Yes. Robot Gobot uh, says, how long are you guys going to do the show anyway? I always take that negatively. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever considered selling everything and going on vacation? I don't know what selling everything means other than my personal <laughs> belongings. 
But uh, every time we ever get this question, which is like, how long are you guys going to do this? I'm always like, yeah, you want us to. You want us to throw it in, right? You're done with us? I, I mean, the, uh, I don't know. As yeah. long as we're all friends, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's like, yeah, I, I tell Matt and Scott this all the time. For me, it's a security blanket and it's like a needed, it's in my like creative itch is scratched by the show. And when I don't do it, I get really anxious because I feel so, like I feel like I kind of should be doing it. So um, for me, I mean, I'll, I'll keep doing it, I guess, as long as I can. Uh, yeah. And also, like we said this probably last time we recorded one of these, we have like this weird understanding with our, our families and our spouses that like the show is like important. So like we can generally like have like this out. We got to record a podcast. It's like it's an important <laughs> yeah. thing. So it's like you have like this extra, you know, couple you know, hours here and there that you probably couldn't get otherwise, um, you know, yeah. out of fairness. So, yeah, I mean, I'll add to that. There's um, it reminds me of something from from like uh, psychology and, and something in user research, which is this idea of like uh, what you believe you are doing mentally versus like what you're actually doing, like your observed behavior. So even though, you know, we've gone whatever it is, four months without putting out a podcast episode. If you asked me, are you still doing the podcast? I'd be like, yeah, we're still doing the podcast. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, but you haven't done one in four months. It's like, yes, I know, but we are still doing the podcast, right? right? Like, yeah, I don't I mean, know that there's going to be, there's going to, there's never going to be a time where we're not doing the podcast, right? Like we could be 65 and doing one episode a year, but we're still doing the podcast, right? It's right. not going to stop. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not going to stop. Clearly, even a pandemic can't stop us. <laughs> no. If anything, I mean, if it anything, easier. it yeah, encouraged exactly. more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> much easier yeah yeah no we're gonna keep doing them and you know we always have ideas to do new and exciting things too so there may be some of that in the future um also what is a vacation right now anybody figured that one out yet nope no maybe going know to a place it is. where there's no other people yeah, yeah. No, i guess my, my fear, there, yeah driving. exactly like my my fear is that like when is it going to be okay to go on vacation and then like when they when it is okay to go on vacation is everyone just going to go on vacation oh, yeah. at the same time we actually talked about that at work, like with management, like, hey, just a heads up, everyone's going to be banking vacation for the next three months, essentially. And then September is going to hit. And if everybody's allowed to go, they may just disappear. Like we may have full teams disappear in like a month or two. Yeah. We're just going to have to probably be OK with it. I was supposed to be on vacation tomorrow. And obviously, oh, yeah, we're, yeah. yeah, we're we're that's not happening now. And so like at this point, it's it's uh you know, pent up vacation energy. Right. So like literally like the second where they're like, it's maybe 80% okay for you to go on vacation. I'd be like, yes, please let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's weird times. Yeah. Um, I think who's the next one. Oh, sorry. Uh, Sean V, uh, says, Hey Ash, just a hello. Awesome podcast. And Matt and Scott. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. After I, I subbed after your great chat with Brianna, about uh Aerith. uh keep up the great work it's especially important in this challenging time it's appreciated take care stay safe thank you for joining at at what is that episode 349 i think so yeah, 340, yeah I, I, 348 349 one of those two yeah i i've said this before i really think we found our stride somewhere around 50 if you go mm-hmm. back through the archives like the first 49 don't worry about those so much <laughs> yeah uh, i think anything... fi- 50 through 100 were pretty good like we were we were grooving yeah. grooving back then <laughs> yeah and then you know we had and then we one had... through 189 just avoid whole scale and then 190 pick it back up for a few <laughs> yeah, yeah. i honestly don't remember i don't have any idea what like half of those are about oh, it's I gonna don't, be yeah, so interesting to like show those to the kids 
when we're old be like listen to these to hear the history of video games <laughs> i mean the really the only thing like one of the main things that stands out from our from our very uh uh, uh rich past of podcast episodes are uh doing live recordings like on whatever that streaming site was for a time with the glow sticks yeah and um and then fighting with hillary about whether or not we should have stolen the supplies out of somebody's trunk in the walking dead like oh, those yeah. are kind of like oh yeah, yeah 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 two two important points in the history Moral. of this show Moral fight. <laughs> yeah, if there are things if there are things that we would ever call back to like there are just like specific things i think those are two of them right i think so uh, i yeah i have one of my personal highlights he may still listen to this i have no idea it was when you had your friend joe or our friend joe on to talk about magic <laughs> And I've never seen the two of you tune out of a conversation faster in my life. <laughs> Joe and is I'm such a like, nice Ugh. guy too, but man, Joe, Joe went into like the, the like the micro level of Magic the Gathering, and yeah. it, it felt like it was probably yeah. only a half an hour, but it felt like a million hours. Uh, That's what Overwatch chat is. <laughs> yeah, I know. You go. I apologize. We all we all have our things, right? We all have my adventures. pupils just dilate and I zoom out to a different spot in the world, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I know that game. Good Actually. Time. On the topic of magic, I've been playing at work. Have you? Awesome. Yeah. With actual cards. It's actually like pretty. Digital? Yeah, with actual cards. Uh, there's like a version of it called Commander that's actually pretty fun, where you're allowed to use any cards through history with only like a, a small blacklist Ooh. of cards, and it's like that's a set awesome. way you build a deck and stuff too. And it's it's pretty fun. It was fun I, to play I with loved, them. I loved loved Magic, but I stopped maybe like I don't know, 15 years ago or something crazy. Oh yeah, like I mean, that. me too. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped whenever Scott and I stopped. Yeah. It was like somewhere. I still I still have whatever cards I have. I have like just one just one box. Yeah. I didn't collect as many of those as I did the um vampire game, but like I still have them. I don't know what to do with them. Yeah. It doesn't feel right too. to sell them. They're just gonna yeah. move along with me at this yeah. point. They're just fine. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Save them forever. Well yeah. that that wraps stuff up. We got a couple uh shout outs and, and things to talk about before we get out of here. Uh the first is like a, a shameless plug for stuff that we put out. So if you haven't listened in a while and you're tuning into this, cause it's three fifty, we have put out a bunch of stuff in the past couple months. Um, we had Brianna white on the show. Who's Aerith in the new final fantasy, which drops uh, in a couple weeks. If couple weeks, I think it's, yeah. a, it's actually leaked in Australia. Now people are playing it. Now I saw this morning. So yeah, it's you leaking the demo right now. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to be really fantastic. It's getting really great reviews and she plays Aerith and she's also a great content creator. And uh, we had a lot of fun talking to her and uh, we'll probably have her back on in the future because she was uh, just an absolute blast. And then of course, uh, last week we had Aaron on the show, Aaron Yvette, and we talked about games and stuff with Aaron. Of course, Aaron, another voice actor friend from Oxenfree and Wolf Among Us and other games. And um, she's always fun, super funny, knows a lot about games. And so she did Gaming by Color, and that was uh, 349. And so I recorded uh, another episode last night, just an interview with uh, my friends Stevie and Tanika from uh, <laughs> the old children's group High Five. And uh, we actually just kind of talked about the state of the world and coronavirus and they live in Australia. So they recently got through the, the bushfires and then coronavirus too, and talked about content creation and, um, you know, sort, sort of trying to stay positive in this weird time that we are in. So that'll probably be 351. And, yeah. uh, and also there's a bunch of episodes from back at PAX where we recorded, uh, live readings of content and, uh, scripts with some great, uh, voice actors called Annihilation Almanac. So I think there's three or four of those up on our feeds as well. So there's a bunch of stuff from the past two months. So, uh, sort of like slowly coming back to life. So please check it out and let us know what you think. And it would make us very happy. 
What else you guys? Yeah, yeah. if you just want to, if you just want to feel like it's 2010 again, then just go back and let's start at episode one and start working <laughs> through it. You know, seriously, <laughs> the good old days. Um, so I was going to promote just a few things really quick on the level of what I talked about with Aaron, which was a bunch of places doing nice things or good things for people to learn and do stuff. Uh, the first one is Stanford University, the giant university, is um, opening up their intro-level programming course online for free for everyone. So it's like the full experience with video and, and a teacher and all that kind of stuff. So it's an intro level to Python. Uh, if you've never programmed before in your life, Python's a really great language to learn. And it is uh, for beginners, like absolute, absolute beginners. So if you go to their Stanford online courses, you'll see that is being promoted as completely free right now. I think it's actually titled Coronavirus something, something. Oh, cool. Uh, Fender has a thing called Fender Play where they teach you how to play guitar. It's three months for free right now. Really? Uh, and it's, yeah. And it's mm. a good app. It's, uh, I think, both web and iPad, possibly iPhone and Android. I don't know. Um, but you go on and it's got some video courses and some like finger tracking stuff. And you can learn how to play guitar, uh, which I think is really great. Uh, Humble Bundle, a group we have dealt with in the past, I think, for promotional stuff. But this is a freebie for them, is, uh, which should be. Uh, which is, they're doing a giant uh, coronavirus humble bundle right now it's huge it's got a, a, like countless numbers of games and comics and a bunch of other stuff in it and it's a hundred percent to charity right now so they're not taking a cut there's no cuts going to developers it is all going to uh, i think six different charities if you do a minimum 30 bucks then you get everything that's in the pack and uh it's dividing it between it's like five or six charities and they're all like food banks and and resources for different cities that are getting hit really hard right now so humble bundles a really great thing and then this one's a little more shameless um but yes. i do improv very heavily in new york uh the improv community is really the theater and music communities at large are getting just decimated right now so if you have friends who are artists and that's what they mainly did for their time uh, they're getting absolutely slaughtered because there's nowhere to do art at the moment uh, and they're not making any money. They're not doing anything. A bunch of improv theaters uh, have opened up doing various levels of good or bad improv <laughs> online because <laughs> I've done it a couple of times. It's very bizarre to do improv over like Zoom or or Hangouts or whatever. Um, but I was just going to mention some theaters and a couple specific ones. But, you know, the big ones, UCB, uh, another one called The Pit out of New York. Um, I believe Second City and uh, um, the theater I belong to, which is called The Armory, have all started moving online and doing shows online. A lot of them are free. You just need to go to their Facebook, look them up, and they'll start listing where the shows are. Some of them are on Facebook Live. Some of them are on Instagram Live. Some of them are on like Zoom. Uh, so just you know, check out those theaters, see what they're doing. It's fun diversion for an hour. It usually has nothing to do with you know, the news or anything that's going on. So it's worth checking those out. And then uh, my wife does two, one relatively regularly and one that's hers. Uh, the first one is called Socially Distant Improv, which is a channel on Instagram Live that two of our friends have opened up. And they're doing improv and comedy like kind of all day long. But in the mornings, she just did one today. In the mornings at like 11 a.m., they're doing family improv with little kids. And it's uh, super cute, super adorable. The host, Dana, is a friend of ours, and she does it with her niece and nephew. And then they open up and have like another mom and kid and, or father and kid uh, improv session. It's really cute, really fun. I think Scott Sweet. watched one of them. Yes. Or Jen and, and Jen and Sam did at least. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the last one is Melissa has a kid's show called Shout Hooray that if you're stuck at home with your child and you want to entertain them and divert them for at least a half an hour, Shout Hooray is I think going to be on Mondays at 1030 at 4 p.m. Sorry. And it's uh, 
sing-alongs and dance parties and learning and stuff and it's it was very fun melissa's been doing it live here for a little while and now that there is no venue to do it live at she's doing it online so check those cool that's awesome and you very fun very cool yeah all right well that's i think that's everything guys uh yeah thank you listeners for listening to episode 300 and and 50 of the Rated NA Podcast. I oh, hope gosh. you have listened to all 349 other episodes. <laughs> Let us know which one of those there's gonna be There's going to be a quiz at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we won't know any of the answers. <laughs> Absolutely not. But uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter, and that's uh, at NerdAppropriate. You can tweet us, say hi, and you can email, email us, nerds at nerdappropriate.com. And uh, we'll be back hopefully very soon with another episode. Hopefully it doesn't take us so long to do the next one. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah.